The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Welcome back to another episode in the Writing 101 series here on the Expensive Words Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to breathe life into your character. And yes, that is a biblical reference because we know that in Genesis, it says that God breathed life into Adam, and that's exactly what you, the creator of your story, are going to do for your characters. Whether you believe what the Bible says is true or not, you have to admit it sounds pretty awesome when you hear about the character being breathed to life. So we're going to talk about how to produce a relatable, epic, awesome character arc. Okay, so in the last episode, we talked about uh, what if you don't really have an original idea. And before that, we talked about figuring out your protagonist and the bare bones of who they are. And this is a follow-up to the second episode in the Writing 101 course series, whatever you want to call it, because we're going to talk about how if you have the character and you have like the starting point, how do you develop a character arc that's going to carry your character and your reader through the story. So every every story has to have a beginning, and that means that every character has to have a beginning. And no, I'm not saying start with your character's birth. I'm saying you need to think about where your character is when your reader meets them for the first time. Uh, And if you're going to flash forward to get to an action scene because you have kind of a long lead-in, then don't, you know, I wouldn't say, like, obsess about that moment uh, because you're going to flash back to the beginning of your story after you do that. So that's what I'm talking about. And if you don't have any flashing because you're starting in a really good spot that's going to grab the reader, tell them the stakes, and introduce your character, then, yeah, you just skip the, the thing that I said. You don't, either way, don't worry about it, I guess, is what I'm saying. So you need to think about what their starting point is And a lot of times for me, I think about, okay, where are, where are they emotionally? There's a plane flying over my house right now that really never happens because I kind of live in the middle of nowhere almost. There's like a little tiny airport uh, next to us and it's not even next to us. It's like the town over. And so uh, what I would say is I'm thinking about what kind of introduction I can create for the character, but I also want to think about what emotional things I want for them, what emotional growth I want for them, so that I can think about what start the starting point should be. Uh, and in this <laughs> two episodes ago when I was like, okay, I'm going to make up a character on the fly. Remember, I made up Agnes, and she is a middle school student in Hungary who's half American, half Hungarian. And I was like, okay, well, why don't I just keep rolling with that? 
And who knows, maybe this will become a book someday, or maybe you'll write a book that's similar to this, because I probably don't have time to. So I would say, okay, her journey has to be one of coming of age, like understanding who you are as a person. And when you first starting out, that was my phone, by the way, sorry. I'm going to put that on silent, but keep it where I can see it because my kids are supposed to be getting home soon. So what I would do in this case is like, I'm trying to figure out what kind of emotional state Agnes is going to be in at the beginning and she's going to be insecure. She's going to be unsure of herself. And then I need some kind of scene, some kind of plot and setting to show the reader that because your character arc has to be in context of the whole story. So I might, let's say, uh, show her, I mean, this is a classic, right? The first day of school. That's always a great time to show a coming of age sort of character or if something dramatic was going to happen to her, like uh, her favorite uncle died. Maybe I would start there. Oh, that's depressing though. So, <laughs> I mean, it just depends what kind of story you want to tell. So let's go with the uh, first day of school one because that's pretty obvious. It's really fun to write. It's fun to read. So she's there on the first day of school, but her best friend has moved away, and now she doesn't know who she's going to sit with at lunch. And so you see her. She's alone. Uh, you can see her thoughts where she's like, Ugh, what am I going to do without Kati? And what am I – that's her best friend's name, by the way, Kati. And what am I going to do about uh, – how I don't have anyone to eat lunch with. I don't have a lab partner now. You know, maybe she's in biology class. And the typical thing to do is have them, like, get ready to dissect a frog uh, in America. I have no idea what it would be in Hungarian American school. I'd probably have to ask a friend about that. But I'm not a fan of the dissecting frog thing. Like, come on, can't we think of something just a little different? Uh, for example, when I was in seventh grade, we um, dissected a cow's eye and a sheep's heart, and both were very interesting and kind of disgusting. So there's that. I'm not saying choose something disgusting, but choose something where you can showcase her loneliness and her insecurity. That's what I'm saying. And you're like, oh, but Kristen, I thought you liked Agnes. And I'm like, I do. I love her. I made her. But if I'm going to show the reader where she's starting, I need some kind of... Uh, lens for them to look through to see that and being alone in biology class on the first day of school because Kati moved away might just be that thing and so I'm gonna start there and then I have to think okay we've got the starting point she's insecure I want to get her to a point where she can be confident in who she is and knowing that it's actually a benefit to come uh, from a multicultural family because you're less likely to be stuck in your ways and you're more adaptable and I don't have any study proving that, but I've seen my friend's kids and man, they are like living it. So uh, that's based on personal experience. So not my personal experience, but my personal viewing of another person's experience, which counts, by the way. And you can also do interviews to follow up. And then I need to think, OK, what is my ultimate goal for this character in this book? And the reason why I say in this book is because in a series, each book has to have a separate goal for the character because they need to have multiple character arcs. Because if you just have like a character arc in the first book and then the character doesn't change in the second book, third book, etc., you're going to have an issue with uh, boring your reader, which is not what you want. And that's actually one of my pet peeves is when I'm watching or reading 
uh, and the character will not change. And I'm going to do a whole episode about Amy Sherman Palladino because that is her MO and it infuriates me. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'll do a whole episode about that, but that's not part of the series. So you you need to kind of know before you're writing a book whether or not it's going to be part of a series because if it is a series, you need to ascertain what the goal for the character arc is in each book instead of saying, okay, all the changes have to happen in this book because if it's a standalone, which means there's only one book, if you don't know that lingo, that's what standalone means, then uh, you want to make all the changes in one book that you want to see instead of spreading them out over several books. So you need to think about standalone versus series, and what's the ultimate goal in the book that you're working in right now. And in this case, my ultimate goal for Agnesh is to feel confident enough to make new friends and be able to function without her best friend, Kothi, in her school and in life in general. And maybe I would have some elements in there with her parents because I love throwing parents into books, especially for coming-of-age stories. And I like writing uh, supportive parents because... I wish that for everyone. <laughs> I wish that for my kids that, you know, I'm being, I hope I'm being supportive. I'm trying so hard. But I actually really like the idea of having healthy parents in stories because uh, in real life and in fiction, we really see a lot of bad parenting. And also in Plunge Into Darkness, all the parents are messed up. And I'm like, oh, I hate writing this way. I don't like it. Um, but <laughs> that that was important for uh, Ever's arc, actually, which uh, maybe sometime I'll do a breakdown of that and just be like, spoiler alert, if you want to know about these characters before I say this, go read the book. And also, you know, a few book sales wouldn't kill me. That would that would be pretty awesome. Okay, that was not a plug for my book. Or was it direct plug? It's like Shameless Saturday on a Friday, because I'm recording this on Friday, even though it's going to come out on Sunday. Shameless Sunday plug. Same shit. Let's see. What is it? Shameless Self-Promotion Sunday. Okay. So uh, I, I'm going to have it so that Agnesh has these healthy parents that are going to kind of challenge her but help her. And she's going to go through these trials as she's traveling into the fantasy world. She's going to learn that, hey, you know, she's actually capable of doing a lot more things than she thinks. And... um that that brings me to the next thing. Okay. So think of the reader. But Kristen, you're saying, you told me that I'm thinking about the character and the character arc. Yes. So you need to think about the reader in regards to your character arc. Is the character's quest relatable? And in the case of our, uh, you know, Agnesh, our protagonist, our pretend protagonist we're using from the last two uh podcast. Yes, I think it is very relatable because she's someone who's insecure. She doesn't know who she is as a person. And uh, that's not just something that children or teenagers go through. That's also something that lots of adults go through. And I probably go through that like every five years. I mean, it's less and less severe, but I have these moments of uh, imposter syndrome, which I've done a whole episode about on expensive words. So you can go listen to that. It's titled imposter syndrome, if you want to listen to that episode. And so, yes, I would say that this uh, character arc is very relatable in that almost every single person goes through it. I don't know one person who's born confident. I have to teach my kids to be confident. They're naturally insecure. I was naturally insecure. 
Um, my husband will tell me all these stories about how he was naturally insecure and no insecurity is not exclusive to women. Men also feel insecure. They just uh, manifest. It manifests itself differently in men emotionally than it does in women in general. I mean, every person has a unique experience, and I also don't like stereotypes about female insecurity versus male insecurity. But uh, I just want you to be aware that a theme like insecurity is relatable pretty much to every person in this world. Okay, so now what? You know the main goals of your character arc, and you've been thinking about how you can showcase that at the beginning of the book so that you can make the reader root for your character and understand what's at stake for the character. Uh, and if you want to get more into the stakes, uh, you can check out Story Filters, which literarysymmetry.com slash storyfilters is a totally free course where I give you an actual formula on how to write your hook, which is what you're looking for right now, the beginning of the story, what's at stake for the character, and how to draw the reader in. And so now that you have all those ideas and you've written it down in your notebook or you've typed it up on your iPhone, which is what I usually I do like half notebook, half iPhone because my iPhone is pretty handy. I always have it with me, uh, even at like 11 at night when I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the thing that stands for this acronym in my for my camouflage device, which happened the other night. <laughs> and by the way, the camouflage device is called a Heidi, and it's really fun, and I love doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and it has a really great – it stands for something really awesome now that I thought of like really late at night. So you need to do the math and figure out how to make character changes throughout the book using some kind of character conflict. So what do I mean by that? Well, uh, in my fiction writing workshop, the first episode, I talk about my process and how I figure out how roughly how many words are in each chapter so that I can keep tabs of when I should create a new chapter and where my plot points and pinch points need to be. And, uh, you can also use the Literary Symmetry Fiction Worksheets for that, which you can get if you go to literarysymmetry.com slash WTPR-fiction. And those are free as well. Lots of free stuff that will help you, hopefully. And so um, you can figure out using math as well, okay, well, this is 25%. I need my character to get to this point emotionally by then, and then 50% this point, and then 75% this point, and then the conclusion. And what you can do is you can build your character arc uh, checkpoints. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. Character arc checkpoints into your plot. I should make a worksheet for this because it would be fabulous. Um, and so that way you can say, okay, well, she needs to have changed this much. Like, and then you can think, what can I do plot-wise to create conflict for the character? And that's what I meant by, uh, you know, create changes throughout the book through personal conflict. I don't mean conflict for me, my person. I mean conflict for the character. So you give them something that they have to overcome. And while they're overcoming it, they learn a lesson. And that's like a really uh, traditional form of writing, right? That's how Aesop's fables work, which are old, maybe thousands of years old. I don't know if you've heard me hyperbolize years. Uh, I talk about that in one of the episodes where I'm like, thousands of years. Wait, no, that's wrong. It's 200 years. So uh, in Aesop's fables, we see there are characters and they do things and they experience things and they learn as they're going. And so we're doing this on a larger scale because in Aesop's fables, the stories are really short. But here we're writing an entire novel. So we have to have several events where conflict happens, the character uh, approaches the problem, 
and they overcome and they learn a lesson or they fail and they learn a lesson because guess what? We learn some really fantastic lessons through failure. In fact, there are some lessons that can only be learned through failure. And uh, I've gone through <laughs> I've gone through quite a few of those lessons. Personally, it doesn't feel good, but I, I'm always thankful once I realize, hey, I learned something awesome that I wouldn't have learned if I had succeeded in that one moment. So you can use events inside of the plot uh, in conjunction with the character arc to make the character move on the arc progressing toward the final goal that they have at the end. So um, maybe I would have Agnesh at first. She's just going to stand up for herself in a situation where people are talking over her or talking about her. And then the second one, I might have her do like a mini battle where she has to use her smarts and cunning to solve a, pu a puzzle and thwart someone's plan. And then I would have her at the 75% mark. She's That's the height of conflict. She's going after a super big baddie probably. So maybe she's going to um, battle some dark dragon who's really the king of all the unicorns. I, I don't know why a dragon would be king of the unicorns. Maybe I would be able to figure out. See, that's a problem that I would solve where I could be like, look, this is the story of how this happened. And even though they're not related to each other, the dragon's in control of all the unicorns. Da 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 da. So in that battle, she's really going to step into her own. Uh, maybe like the dragon can sense uh, weakness in her heart or something like that to where you make her actual weakness a real physical weakness and that projects to the reader, look, this is even more of a risk because you know she's insecure. So if she doesn't really overcome this inside, she's not going to be able to fake it outside. And so you can see that the change is real. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just making up the ideas for this story as we go along. But you you will notice these themes in stories where it's like, oh, they can't just beat them. They have to beat them while they're doing this thing because this thing proves that they've really changed. And that's what you want. But uh, it has to be spaced out because people, real people, don't change overnight. And characters who are going to be relatable shouldn't change suddenly either and they shouldn't change unexpectedly uh but they should they should make some changes and i'm gonna talk about artemis by andy weir really quickly because jazz bashara is like really a flat character and not the good kind where she affects other people like leslie nope leslie nope is a flat character but she's good she affects other characters and them getting better makes you like her more Whereas in Artemis, Jazz Bashara just um, stays the same. And it's infuriating because we watch her go through all these crazy conflicts and she pretty much stays the same the whole time. So how is it that nothing is changing her? And if there was someone like that in real life, what we would say is that person's unhealthy and we probably don't really want to stick around and watch what's going to happen because their story's going to be super depressing and uh, we don't want to be able to relate to those stories if we're trying to be human beings that are healthy and functional. So just make sure that you balance out the change and that it's realistic and that they're not facing obstacles and then like being the exact same person because that is infuriating. And now I trust that you are ready to plan your plot because now you know how to incorporate the character arc. You have your protagonist. You can go and fill out the worksheets and understand how everything relates to each other. And then uh, we can talk about 
Well, so, so you should fill out your character worksheet. And then the next class in Writing 101, we're going to talk about uh, the setting and the plot. And by the end of the next two or three classes, there's I think there's three more, uh, you will be able to sit down and start writing your book. That's pretty exciting, right? I'm excited for you. And don't forget to use expensive words, which means that you're using words that are based on real life experiences because those are going to translate wonderfully to the reader and because those stories will be more meaningful. I will see you slash not see you because it's the internet in the next class slash series. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.